Good evening. I'm Hot Rod Bob, and you've got gas. The Great American Auto Scene, brought to you by Valley Head Service, Irwindale Speedway, Irwindale Drag Strip, and Tucker Tire. Talk. Ah, uh, <laughs> Cuba. <laughs> We were watching our new opening and forgot that we actually have to talk. <laughs> Can I talk? Cuba! <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Hot Rod Bob. Welcome to Gas, the Great American Auto Scene. We are here coming to you live and direct for high atop our studios in North Hollywood, California. With us in studio tonight, as always, the inimitable Anna Marco Octane. She's over there someplace hiding. And behind the controls, Bruce Barker. The award-winning hey, uh, award Bruce voice. Barker. Yes. Yeah. Bruce Barker just got an award for doing a an ad about a mall in Dubai. It was basically, I understand it was from the National Helium Voice Association. <laughs> Is that very true? <laughs> That's Congratulations. right. Very good. Congratulations. And he's got a new job at the <laughs> Wizard of Oz movie. He's going to be one of the Munchkin voiceovers. Ooh, and with us in the studio today, get our guest host, Randy Cardoon, from hey. Talking About Cars. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Great to be anywhere. Is it? That's true. It's you know We're, we're well aware of that we're here. And <laughs> alongside Randy, our in-studio guest tonight is Ed Carter. Our guy extraordinaire from, and now all of us, we just realized, are from the same car club, oh, TMPCC, absolutely. the Motion Picture Television. Television. Car I don't remember those, those letters. You know, it's, it's hard. Yeah, and, Sorry, uh, Ken. We understand a shout-out to Ken Lotkin, <laughs> who's watching us. Sorry, Ken. I haven't had all the caffeine I need today. As a matter of fact, I cut down on the caffeine, so I've slowed down quite a bit. But I'm talking about the normal I do, and we're going over here to Bruce. We'll be playing things all day long. But now, also calling it a little bit later on. It's either Steve Gibbs or Cindy Gibbs, not sure which, about Nitro Revival. Now, this is going to be a great event. We're going to talk a little bit about it a little bit later on. That's going to happen at Irwindale Drag Strip this weekend. Right now, 50 top fuel cars are already signed up. Adam Sorokin. Mindy Fry with their current top fuel front engine cars are going to be there. The Winged Express going to make its first ever pass at the 8th Mile at Irwindale Drag Strip. It's going to be a great day of excitement, nostalgia style. 50 top fuel cars signed up at the same time. We'll talk about that a little bit more when Cindy and Steve call in later on. But right now, let's go over to uh, talk to Ed. Ed, car guy, what does that mean? I mean, I know you, and we first met when you were doing the, the brokerage for a local credit union. That's correct. Now, explain what services and what things you can do for well, people. I'm a broker, but I've been buying, selling, and trading cars for about 112 years. Um, my dad actually, when I was 16, my dad was a salesman, and he took me to a lot. And uh, I had about $2,000 to spend, and so actually it was less than that. It was like $1,500 to spend back in 1973. And um, uh, took me, and of course I was looking at the Trans Ams and mm-hmm. the... The Camaro as a normal, normal red-blooded American guy would do. You know, they were trying to show me the cars that were leaning up against the curb. Oh, and um, my dad said, "Look, he's got a budget." To the salesman that came up to us, and he said, "Well, don't talk about the price of the car. Just where do you want your payment? And you know, just just like the car, I'll make the payment right." (laughs) My dad just smiled at me and went, "Go ahead, go ahead." (laughs) And so I go on the test drive with the guy, and he did. All the qualifying questions, you know, are you buying a car? Is your dad buying the car? Do you have money? Do you have credit? And was just hammering me in the car. And of course, I was in, it was a dark blue 
uh, Camaro SS that was just gorgeous. Uh And so um, when we get back to the dealership, it was like, you know, three times what my budget was. Mm. And the guy said, come on in. Let's come on in. Let's go. Let's go and talk in the office. My dad said, no. Mm. He said, "Uh, if you can make a deal right now uh, with the budget that we already told you, I'll write you a check and we'll leave. And the guy went, I like it when those guys do that. And then so he said, I'll be back in a minute. And he goes and gets his boss. And his boss comes out and says, hey, how can I help you? Come on in. Let's just see what we can do with the numbers. And my dad turned around to me and said, this is what is known as a hello T.O. or turnover. This guy's a green pea, but this guy says he's the boss, but he's really not the boss. He's just a closer. And the two guys were just standing there going, <laughs> we've been found out. We've been found out, and so um, after that, we found out we couldn't buy that car. Uh, we left, but my dad taught me everything about the car business and about buying, selling, leasing. And uh, I was 16 years old, and I've been doing it for friends and family ever since. And I've been an actor for uh, 37 years, member of SAG. Mainly worked a lot in commercials and during the writer strike of mm-hmm. 1985. <clears throat> couldn't find anything else to do so I went and uh, sold cars at a local Ford dealership but learned everything about the back end of it because it's not just the price of the car it's about your cost of money and all the other extras that they try to throw in there and I became very good at it so then the strike was over and I was shooting a McDonald's commercial and the uh, director said I'm going to go lease a car and I said, oh, if you're going to lease a car, find out what the residual is, what the money factor is. Make sure there's no factory dealer incentives. Make sure you're signing a disclosed lease, not a non-disclosed lease. And he went, oh, my God, just will you go with me and I'll pay you? And a business was born. Nice. Wow. And so. And then we that. met, what was about 15 years ago. Correct. So you were doing this for a local credit union. Correct. You were actually the in-house guy that helped people buy cars. And I think you even helped me at the time. Correct. To get a car when we first met, and uh, you've been doing it ever since. We've, we've right. talked about this, and uh, you've had some great cars yourself, too. Uh, Thank you. One of the last was this huge Oldsmobile that was just 19 feet long. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about some of the cars you've owned. Whew. Well, my favorite is, of course, the first one that I got, but that I let go, like all of us. It was a 1965. Ignore the woman no, no, behind show, there. Show it to the camera. There show it go. to the camera. There you go. She says, I need a blue six SS Camaro. How, what year Camaro was what that, by was the way? That? It was probably a like a, a 69 or a 70. Okay, 69? Yeah. Okay. I That's like the Camaro. The first right. generation. Yeah. Yeah. It was the first gen. Yeah. And so, uh, but in 1970, Anna, we just found your new look. You know, that was just an old car. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. it was still affordable. And uh, so, uh, what was I asking? You asked me about the different cars <laughs> I had. Yeah, the so yeah, other I cars ended that up, you've had. Uh, with a cousin of mine who gave me a 65 Fastback, Mustang Fastback, oh. maroon with black interior. Very nice. And then a buddy of mine had this car that was all jacked up, a 67 Mustang that uh, Bruce is going to put up there. That's actually me. In 1976, when wow. I got that car, and it was the Australian model. So there's Ed on the driver's right. side. Yeah. <laughs> right hand. Well, that was the look coal side. Ah, yeah. I see. That car is somewhere in a junkyard because I like to go zoom zoom. 
back oh, then. Oh, where many Mustangs ended up. And yeah. oh, um, you you went to the Starsky and Hutch uh, school driving school like most of us did at that age. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wish I would have hung on to that '65 fastback maroon with black interior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someday. And I've also <laughs> had uh, uh, another '68 coupe. I've had uh, uh, the the Oldsmobile, the 1964 Oldsmobile '98 convertible that had every option possible to man and it just kind of floated down the highway and that was fun to deal with. But mainly what I like to do is be in service to others who don't have the information that a lot of guys here do uh, about buying, selling, and leasing cars. Because especially today, it's uh, changing daily. Now you can uh, just go on an app and press a button and they'll deliver a car to you. Here's one of your happy, uh, do you call them customers or clients? Okay. That's one of my clients who was too busy at work to do all the shopping, and I actually bought the car, uh, told her what the window sticker is and how much you, I was saving her, brought it right to her work, and she signed the paperwork there and drove off her car, and I took a small fee, and boom, I was off. Did she ever test drive it? You know, most of she us did. would say you got to drive the thing first. Sure, and that's the first thing. No matter what the numbers are, if you don't like the car, I always tell people my rule is to have you drive with a smile on your face and more money in your pocket. But the first part of it is driving with a smile on your face. Yeah. If you don't like the car that you're driving, you're in the wrong car. Well, and of course, a lot of our viewers now are going to say, wait a minute, half the cars I bought didn't even run. I can't go do that first. But, uh, you know, it's, that's another challenge altogether. <laughs> yeah, My car didn't even have a We're more interested yeah. in the other half. Yeah. yeah. And see, some of these kids today, they some of these kids today. Yeah, um, I remember. The... Uh, uh, had a client that uh, went on an app and said, uh, you know, she's in town. She was an actress and had about $8,000 to spend. Okay. And instead, she went on this app and got a car. And she said, Ed, I already got a car. I'm going to be in this car for about three years. It's $300 a month. And I said, okay, you had about $8,000 to spend. So you're going to spend over $4,500 on this car. Uh, if you would have bought a used car, uh, the car would still be worth a you know, wouldn't depreciate that much. But the other one, you got so much money out of your pocket. Do you know your interest rate? No. <laughs> Do you know if it comes with a warranty? No. It's, it's they just, they, they have to have it now. And it's about uh, looking at this as a marathon, not a sprint when you're doing a car deal because it was all about the cost of You money. have to play the game. Absolutely. And there's a game and not a lot of people really, A, know how to play and B, aren't really sure they want to play. Well, at my level, I deal with owners, sales managers, and fleet departments. I never deal with salesmen, the guys that sit there and play lower, liar's poker. And, right. You know, that's mine. And they try to fight over people that are called ups when they first come on the lot. So I deal with the decision makers. And I'll buy, like, 50 cars from the same dealer. So I'm going to get a better deal than someone just trying to get lied to on the Internet, which is really interesting now to me is people just go on the Internet and think that that's a – they have to look on page seven of the uh, offer that they were given that says may or may not have this car in stock. And then when you get yeah, there, wait, yeah. they try to bait and They lie on the internet? Mm, absolutely. What? what? That's, that's so that message fake. I got from Abraham Lincoln the other day telling me to save money was <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt sent me one. Oh, my God. Oh, they must man. be friends. Yeah. All, All right. right. <laughs> I'll tell you what, folks. We're going to take a quick break right now. And then when we return, we're going to come back with Steve Gibbs and talk about Nitro Reunion. It's coming up this Saturday at Irwindale Drag Strip. 
Hundreds of cars are going to be going down the drag strip, including the famed Winged Express and the two top front engine, top fuel cars in the country at Irwindale this weekend. We'll be right back. Thanks, Bruce. Clown, come here, you. Uh, You're early. Yeah, well, this I was in yours. Yeah, it is. A 6000 STE? You're kidding. What do you mean? My dad? A Pontiac 6000? That's high tech stuff. The fuel injected V6, right? Yeah. Four wheel disc brakes? Yeah, it's got everything. Listen, come here. I know you've been hitting the books pretty hard. <laughs> so, uh, let's go for a ride. All right. <laughs> stop now. I'm coming from a preview of the new 54 Kaiser, and I've got to get over to the paper and write the story. Hey, they call it the new car with the big change, don't they? Right. There's a big change in styling, front, back, and inside. And there's more room and comfort than ever before. Man, the new Kaiser is luxurious. How about the new Kaiser's power? Oh, there's a big change there, too, with new superpower. The Kaiser has a revolutionary new engine that gives you power on demand. It's like having two engines in one. For normal driving, you get Kaiser's famous economy. But when you need an extra burst of power and pickup for passing, or for zooming up hills, you get it. On demand. Oh, that sounds exciting, Marty. And tonight we are privileged to salute Kaiser as an outstanding member of our Autolite family. Autolite is proud of its long association with Kaiser and Kaiser dealers everywhere. A comparison between the Plymouth Laser and Tina Turner. Both are exciting. Both have great lines. And both really know how to move. Unfortunately, the Plymouth Laser is the only one you can take home with you. Oh. The guaranteed rebate has been extended until February 28th. Get $1,000 now. We're looking at the Valley Head Service uh, graphic up on screen right now. We want to um, welcome uh, the crew over at Valley Head Service, Larry O'Fria and and uh, Spike and Alex and Ruben. They build great engines and everything from antiques to Lamborghinis, and they are our new sponsor. Man, we're so I love happy those to guys. have them! Yay! Yeah. Now, and we also have used Valley Head Service. Anna's husband's car, all the machine work on the engine done by Valley Head Service. My The Y-Block and my 57 Ford has been built by Valley Head Service. I think it's one smooth running Y-Block. So we not only have them as a sponsor, but it's because we recommend them. We're not bashful about that. They are definitely the place to go worldwide for antique engines, current engines, they do the machine work. Everything is done in-house. They've got a clean room. We were over there the other day uh, with a friend, and the things they've got, they were fixing a Lamborghini engine. The guy had thrown a rod out the side where it shouldn't have been. I couldn't tell, and they had fixed the block. <laughs> These guys do amazing work, not only on the cylinder heads, but on the complete engines themselves. And they've rebuilt, like I said, two engines for me, both Y-blocks. One because my son installed the first one, and one because 
we checked it out the second time. <laughs> well, Larry Ofria is an engineering genius. He is. And he actually worked with Carol Shelby and Smokey Unix. So yeah. he is a wealth of information. He He's one of the old school go-to Definitely. guys. And, and if you're into drag racing or any kind of racing or even street cars, he even does motorcycles. Yeah, and if you want to turn <laughs> your Chevrolet V8 engine into a four-valve, monster-breathing V8 that is race-proven. Larry actually manufactures his own cylinder heads and designed a four-valve head for the Chevrolet V8. Give him a call at Valley Head Service. Check out some of the services he can provide. It's all done in-house. I mean, even the valve covers on my car came from Valley Head Service. And you know what? I think they'll be at Nitro Revival. I'm pretty sure he will with the 57 Chevrolet. Plus, he's got a couple of hot rods. He's not just a guy that does machine work for a living he's a hot rodder and has been for decades and i also i, I always send him a, a, an apology it's nitro revival right. and speaking of nitro revival the man that's responsible for all the cackling worldwide <laughs> steve gibbs hi steve hi hey, how you doing we it's, love you we love for, your show uh, we'll all be there <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a lot of folks are uh, making plans. If everybody shows up that says they're going to be there, uh, it could get quite interesting. I've there reserved earphones. <laughs> yeah, I've reserved earplugs. We're going to be ready to go. And, and we're going to be, uh, I'm going to get there about 6 o'clock on Saturday morning. I'll see you Friday night for oh, setup. You too. are a glutton. For I am. I am. <laughs> 6 a.m. Who gets up that early? We'll be there. Gets up there. You're up before that. I, well, so, Monday Steve, through Friday, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the history and what Nitro Revival is for those people that may not know. Well, it's it's um, I, I guess it's kind of a museum uh, in motion. Uh, it, we really, you know, relish the history of uh, drag racing and try to, uh, you know, take folks back to the way it used to be in terms of the kind of cars that we feature. Uh, the cackle cars are really, I guess, our our main event, which are basically restored, replicated cars from we'll call it the golden era of drag racing, which would have been the primarily the 1960s and 70s, the front-engine dragsters and the, the early funny cars that used to look like cars. Uh, you know, we really try to capture that uh, with uh, the, the cackle cars. You know, these cars don't race. They're basically uh, built to you know, start the engines and get people to the sights and smells and sounds of those cars in that era. But we're also going to have some exhibition runs out at the Irwindale track, which is an eighth-mile track. We can't really flex the muscles of some of these cars that they would run at places like Bakersfield and stuff. But uh, we are going to, you know, the guys are going to go out, you know, do some good burnouts and good launches and give us a taste of the nitro racing as it is today in the nostalgia categories. But it's also a social event uh, in that we've got over 40 uh, International Drag Racing Hall of Fame members that are going to be in attendance, uh, you know, signing autographs. I mean, the Don Perdomes, the Ed McCulloughs, Kelly Browns, uh, Carl Olson, mm -hmm. Gary Becks. Uh, I mean, just the list goes on and on. Uh, Tom Hoover from uh, Minnesota. And so um, it's going to be a, a combination of things. But if you have any appreciation for the history of drag racing, I think you're going to enjoy what we have to offer. And it's going to be a great day. The gates will open at 7 a.m. for spectators to come on in. Cars will start coming in on Friday night. And... Uh, it's going to be an interesting evening, too, because there's a lot planned for that as well. But uh, as you said, some of the guys that made the history, the people 
are going to be there. And Randy and I will be talking to some of them. Uh, we'll be doing some live broadcasts out of the uh, the booth there, as well as you've got uh, a lot of uh, just runs down the eighth mile. I understand there's going to be a couple of uh, wheel standing gassers coming out. Paul Solis is going to be one of them with his high and mighty car. Uh, it's going to be a great day of nostalgia cars. It's going to be a big car show and a moving car show as everyone, uh, well, a lot of cars uh, signed up just to go down the eighth mile, just to run. Well, it's the who's who of nostalgia drag racing just to go get too. the autographs is worth it. Yeah, but it's not just the nostalgia <laughs> racing. It is the guys who made the history that you've been recognizing for a long time, Steve. Well, it's true. And it's interesting when you're at the... Uh Urbandale track as it is today, if you look just to the east of uh, the 605 freeway and you'll see a bunch of power lines, that's the location of the original San Gabriel drag strip, which is where I first uh, worked at a drag strip back in 1961. So it's a homecoming for me. I mean, that that's the location of that track right there that nobody would know that just driving up and down the freeway, but that's the site of the original San Gabriel track. Um, there's been a lot of racing in the San Gabriel Valley between the, the, there's actually two San Gabriel tracks and the, the original Irwindale Raceway, which I managed back in the 60s. So <clears throat> there's a lot of history from that era, uh, that area, and we're going to honor some of the guys that really did the, the bulk of their racing in the San Gabriel Valley. Uh, <clears throat> guys like Gary Reed, Gary Southern, motorcycle rider Joe Smith. Uh, those guys were heroes in that area in that time frame and we're going to pay special attention to the history of the san gabriel racing and uh and, and try to you know point out what these guys did they're really groundbreaking racers they they're pioneers in a lot of ways and made it possible for the guys that are racing today to do what they do they, they did the groundwork now you started out that you've been in, in drag racing involved one way shape or form for what close to f- over 40 years well, over 50 years. Over 50, uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> you know, which just means uh, I've gotten to be an old man doing this. But, yeah, my first uh, um, job at San Gabriel, the original San Gabriel track, was in 1961, uh, painting numbers on cars, uh, writing stories for the publications, writing radio ads. One thing led to another, and eventually went to work for NHRA and put in 48 years uh, with them on tour. So, uh yeah, it's well over, you know, it's uh, 60 years that basically I've been doing this, and uh, it's been quite a ride. Um been really interesting to see the sport evolve, uh, cross paths with a lot of great people and uh, a lot of great memories. All right, so we're going to see some great guys, Perdome, Ivo, Ed the Ace McCullough, uh, as you, you talked about, a few of the other people that are going to be there. Ed Iskandarian, I know, is always going to show up. He, mm-hmm. he shows up to anything in the area there. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's incredible. Another guy with a great history and is not yeah. too much younger than Ed is Gene Winfield. Uh, yeah. Gene is, a, you know, a, just a, a legendary uh, custom car builder, racer. Uh, Gene's coming down. Uh, he's actually going to race down the racetrack with his little car. Got that and, and he, really? He's just on the shy side of 90 and... Uh, uh, and he mentioned Larry O'Freya. Larry is actually one of our sponsors with Valley Head Service, the great folks out there, and Larry will be there. And uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on of the people. Uh, Paula Murphy, I mean, one of yeah. the first gals that really made a mark in the sport, uh, mm-hmm. driving funny car and rocket cars and mm-hmm. land speed cars. Uh, she'll be there. Um, yeah, Miss I mean, STP. I spend the rest of the night. 
you know, this wheel standers, the Hemi under glass, the one that you saw with Jay Leno that rolled over there when he on that TV show. I've got the tail light um, in my the, trunk. The, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're gonna. He's gonna be there. Mike Mantell now owns the car, making some exhibition runs. So exhibition runs, fun runs, grudge racing. Uh, uh, you know, you're gonna. It's gonna be a three ring circus, and uh, we're getting pretty excited. The phone's been ringing off the hook today. With all these guys that forgot to enter and wanting to know, can I can I get in? Can I get in? And uh, well, we're gonna try to take care of you. You know, we're we're trying to make this a fun thing for everybody. Treat everybody with uh, some respect and uh, and have a good time. I think this is going to be the biggest event ever at Irwindale Drag Strip, and I, I, I can tell by the people that have contacted me, the people that are still contacting you and Cindy, and you guys have put together one heck of an event, and we're all looking forward to it this Saturday at Irwindale. Gates open 7 a.m., and uh, you're not securing the track till 7 p.m., so we're going to get a lot of uh, nitro in the air throughout the day. Well, it's, you know, it's. Uh, I hope we have, uh, you know, the weather looks good. I mean, we're really happy about that. The, the folks were talking about some rain earlier, but it looks like that's going to get out of here on Thursday. It looks like it's going to be a nice day, mid-70s, uh, should be comfortable. Uh, and, uh, you know, if everything works in our favor, uh, we'll be uh, grinning and talking about doing it again next year. But uh, this is our third effort with the Nitro Revival thing, and uh we were lucky to get back into Irwindale. It was our original thought was to come to Irwindale, but at one point we thought the track was going to go away. And uh, luckily, Tim Huddleston and his staff at Irwindale have uh, rekindled the fire out there, and uh, they're working with us to keep this thing going. So, uh, you know, we're asking for your support. I think we're going to get it, and uh, we're getting excited. Right. I don't think you're going to have any parking. No. <laughs> yeah, I, you know it's going to be like moon ice summer. Slammed. It's going to be crazy there. Why do you think I'm getting there at six a.m.? Yeah, you oh, know, boy. Stormy no, no. drove all the way to Temecula with his brother today to Rod Hines to get a can of nitro. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're going to burn some nitro, and um, so it'll be a big green cloud, I suppose. <laughs> uh, get gas mask too. It, yeah. you know we're going to. We're gonna, at the end of the day, we're going to have a mass fire up, and there should be uh, you know, probably about 40 to 50 of these tackle guys all lined up out there in all shapes and sizes with, uh, you know, fuel dollars, funny cars, dragsters, uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's always exciting. And then, uh, you know, the whole nitro, uh, the cackle phenomena is really kind of a new, you know, it's not new now. It's been about 20 years, but uh, it's it just brought these guys back to life the cars and the people that once raced them many guys were on the couch they were done they were out of the sport and uh just, just kind of give them a chance to get back in and uh, and play with the toys that were a big part of their life at one time and you started this you're the guy that started the cackle fests well yes it, it, I, the way it worked out was uh, you know the california hot rod reunion i was deeply involved in it uh, uh, getting it started back in 1992 and a few of the guys uh, uh, kept their old cars you know, people like art christman um the, the speed sport guys that it, it hung under their old cars they didn't really you know some of them got rid of them because they were just in the way in the shop but uh, it, it turned out in the year 2000 that we were able to get eight cars that had been restored 
and these cars used to push start. That was just the routine way of starting the engines, and, and it was a really exciting part of the sport. There was a lot of anticipation when those cars would come down the fire up road, and the guy would hit that mag switch, and the cars would come to life. I mean, it really there was something special about it, and they had done away with that uh, because the cars got so long and so hard to maneuver, it became just unworkable. So that went away about 30 years earlier. And um, so Greg Sharp, who was the curator at the NHRA Museum, and I got talking one day and says, what, what if we could push start these cars? Uh, and we did. We had eight cars at 2000. It wasn't even on the schedule. It was unannounced. And it just lit. I mean, it touched a sensitive nerve. I mean, there were old guys there that hadn't seen that, literally shedding tears, saying, man, I forgot what that was like. And um, the next year, there was probably... 20 cars and on up and when one year we fired 58 cars on the mm. cackle fest uh, uh, that night and uh, it's over the time period I've kept track and there's been almost 250 different cars that have push started at various events around the country from that original eight which is pretty incredible I mean that shows the interest and in getting guys back involved in the sport and it's the history I mean you're seeing cars that it faded from the scene that have been either restored, replicated. Um, like I say, it's, it's a, in a way a museum out there, uh, and you still got the guys. You're going to have Tommy Ivo there driving his Buick-powered dragster that first made a big mark in the late 1950s, won the first uh, March meet at Bakersfield. We didn't call it that, but the top gas eliminator was Tommy Ivo in his single-engine Buick dragster, Tommy Ivo will be, you know, at Urbandale this Saturday in that same replicated car. That's, that's kind of magical, you know. Yep, that's going to be great. Hey, I do appreciate <clears throat> you calling in, Steve. If anyone wants to check this out, you go to Facebook. It's Nitro Revival 3. They can contact Cindy Gibbs. They can contact you and find out more as we go along. But it should be great. That's it. BeNitroRevival.com is our website, and that'll lead you to anything you need to know. Guys, we really appreciate your support. You know, we've been blessed with great support for this thing, and I can't thank you enough. All right. Thanks, Dave, for calling in. I'm going to see you Friday night and all day Saturday. Appreciate it. Thank you for letting me be a part Don't of this Don't threaten well. us with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just show up early. That's it. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. Good night. See you, Steve. Ooh, I can't wait. It's going to be oh, great. So I tell you what, it's going to be great. Mousy Marsalis is going to come out. He's the owner of the Winged Express. We're finally getting him out. He hasn't been out in a while, and we're going to be glad to see him. Mike Boyd's going to be driving the car. Mike is amazing. He has taken the Winged Express through various lanes at the same time under power and kept that thing rubber side down and shiny side <clears> up. He drove the quarter mile one time. On three wheels. You remember, he lost the wheel at the California Hot Rod reunion one year and kept it going down the track and it kind of landed safely, I guess you could say. It came down gently on the front wheel, but he's been noted for keep, keeping the front wheels up off the ground the length of the track and still going straight. Adam Sorokin, his dad, Mike Sorokin, drove the surface car. 
He has the fastest small block top fuel dragster in the world, and he's going to be there. Mendy Fry currently holds the low ET and mile per hour record for top fuel front engine dragsters. She is going to be there. Plus, as we said, Tommy Ivo, the recreation of his original single engine Buick is going to be there. And that was an award-winning car at this year's Grand National Roadster Show as well for competition. I mean, so the cars you're going to see, if you're my age or something, um, <laughs> which means you got over you're able to, and Anyway, you're going to see the cars that you saw in CarCraft, Hot Rod, Motor Trend, all the magazines. They're going to be there and then some. Plus, the car's going down the track. Was that the car that TV, TV Tommy Ivo had at... Uh, in the uh, Road Kings booth? In the Road Kings booth, right. The single-engine car that Don Prieto recreated. And uh, a lot of other people had their hands in helping get that car put back together. It's a beautiful car. <laughs> it's gorgeous. We, we cornered Tommy inside the car. Randy and I did an interview with him a couple of years ago when the car was first released. Uh, don't know if his other top fuel, the Barnstormer, will come out. That was Ron Johnson own that car and he has the original Tommy Ivo trailer whether or not he's gonna you know he's passed away we lost Ron last year but whether or not his family will bring that car out it'd be great we, we've had we've seen Tommy go down the quarter mile sitting on top of the trailer so uh, you know it, Tommy's still a daredevil but he'll be out there <laughs> Bob Morabis the famed driver the of the freight of drag train. racing. Yeah, right. it really is. It is. It's, it's going to be so much fun. I'm sorry, I can't get over what you said about Tommy, Tommy being on top of yes. the trailer going down. He the sat on top of the trailer as it went down Pomona drag strip without crazy glue. Without crazy glue, just from the seat of his pants. I think he had the Velcro pants bottoms on. Maybe that. But he was stuck it. to the trailer. Yeah, explain a lot. And they they cruised down the track. He sat on the trailer waving to everybody. When was and, this? Uh, a couple of years ago. Wow. He is a wildcat. He, you that know, man. Tommy. The story. As a matter of fact, <laughs> no if fear. If you can get Don Perdome and Tommy Ivo together at this event, that may be a tough one. But if you can get them together, just listen to some of the stories. Oil in the soap, in the hair, uh, the shampoo bottle, <laughs> hanging someone over the railing at the hotel, alarm clocks in vents at 3 a.m., <laughs> and a host of other little knack tricks that Tommy was able to do and Don got even for. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you can talk to them about that. And the Ace McCullough is going to be there. This, so many people that made the history that you read about are going to be there. This is a historic event. This is a revival of Nitro and the people that made it popular. May I suggest lining no. up at 6 o'clock in the morning like you do for <laughs> Moon Eyes Christmas or you won't get in? Yeah, you know, we, that's the way it's looking. It's looking like it's going to be the <sighs> biggest event at Irwindale Drag Strip. Now, we always have Moon Eyes. We've talked about that. It's a car show. Oh, it's, it's a, a big event, though. It's, it's a big event. It's a cult culture event, and it is a younger crowd. This crowd will bring in some of those youngsters that have learned the history, but it's going to bring out the guys that made the history. And if you come out, you're going to get to meet and greet them. There's no special pit pass. There's no special area to be in. It's going to be throughout, and there will be an autograph session. And you got to bring sure helmets and jackets and bring have helmets, them sign bring that jackets, stuff. Bring yep. whatever oh, you want to, for them yep. to sign. They're going to be signing them. Ed Iskandarian, the cam father, is going to be there. 
as I said, uh, the top fuel drivers of the past and present will all be there at this event. I can't wait. I'll be there Friday morning, 6 a.m. Well, I'm staying. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take. A, I'm going to get a hotel room Friday night so I can get up that early. Because otherwise, like you, I mean, you've got a two, three-hour drive from the house. Uh. So I'm going to. I'm going to stay down there. Uh, they had a special rate at the courtyard by Marriott in Monrovia, but I don't think that there's anything left on that. That's going to be another car show in itself in the parking lot of the Marriott. But uh, be there. Randy and I are going to be broadcasting live from inside the tower. I'll be announcing the event as the cars go down the track. We're going to have some of the history makers in the tower with us. We'll be doing Facebook Live. Uh, Probably Periscope, Periscope, all sorts of under uh, Twitter, great, um, everything else. great American Auto Scene got yeah. cast and also yeah. talking, talking about, about cars. cars. So we'll have it all over the place. And I think I, I'm sensing this is what's going to happen is we're going to take a bunch of the interviews that we yeah. do and use them in our future Talking About Cars episode, which Definitely. that way would be perfect. Though. So we'll put that out in a few weeks. So in case by some way you don't hear yeah. us do our thing, yeah. you'll be able to hear it on Talking About Cars on Radio.com. You can hear us now or you can hear us later. Exactly. But the real question is, oh. should I wear chrome or the American flag dress? Oh, right. Oh. You have a chrome dress? <laughs> she have does. have a chrome dress. She's got a gold-plated one, too. <laughs> she does. Yep. Yes. She is a miniature Linda Vaughn. Yeah. I think I'll wear the American flag dress, though. Okay. And well, we'll have to salute that. then. Well, yes, and that's yeah, the pledge one. allegiance to my flag. Dress. And if you and if you look at our if you look at our website, that's the the uh, the dress she wears on oh, our website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and very patriotic. Very patriotic. Now back to non racing, Ed. Hey, dude. Tips on car buying and such that we were talking about. And well, uh, tell us about the time you raced the Oldsmobile that's 19 feet long. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, she could do the quarter mile in about a year and a half. Okay. So, oh, yeah, got, you he that. got sand clock for that one. Yep. There you go. That's right. That's right. But, um, okay, well, the key to any car deal is keeping anything, everything separate. What am I paying for the car? Okay, stop. What is your financing? rate and add that in and any kind of extras that you want mm -hmm. but one thing that people don't do is when they go uh really spend some time with the car before they buy it i've had people get in the car and they go on a test drive especially with used cars they'll go on a used car test drive and they're like yeah great looks good and they do that on purpose the salespeople, there's three because there's three things that sell a used car and that is appearance appearance and appearance mm -hmm. and something looks good they most people don't take the time to do things like i don't care if it's 112 degrees outside turn on the heater make sure it works roll up and down the windows make sure they work um, even if it's 40 degrees below zero turn on the air conditioner make sure it works um, when you pop it into reverse does it clunk see there's the right car in the right uh, in the wrong car indeed it's you should be feeling really good uh, when you uh, driving a car and part of that is knowing that everything works on the car uh, really take your time um, with the car on the test drive Aww. definitely and make sure it's a car you want and like you're not buying it strictly for price because correct you're not going to want to take care of it if you don't like it and you're not going to want to keep it you'll be begrudging yourself every day that you There's have a lady it. that loves her car right there yes yeah that's love <laughs> maybe too much well that was actually a birthday <laughs> present from her husband and i had it delivered oh. right to their door and she thought who's parking in my driveway <laughs> and he said honey it's for you 
and she started crying. Oh, oh man. And so we do surprises too. And then she went, Well, you have to get one now. So I think she's going to buy one for him. Ah, but, wow. um, that, and I made it uh, very, very easy uh, to get the car, but uh, negotiated the price uh, way ahead of time. That is the one and only Jeff Stein, who's a Burbank resident there, mm-hmm. and uh, brought the car to his house too. And um, he looked and he shopped and he test drove at another place, yeah. then called me and said, okay, here's what I want, and delivered it right to his house. Well, I can deliver it uh, house, work, wherever, and get you pre-qualified on a loan. And um, I also have a bunch of hints on how to look at cars on my Instagram and my website. Uh, my Instagram's Ed Car Guy, mm-hmm. and my website's edcarguy.com. Okay, why don't we pull that up, take a look, and, and see what we can do on that one. And that's how you get in touch with Ed. And I, I really suggested you do it. Like I said, when we first met, he was the representative for a major credit union here in Burbank. Sure. Whose name goes unmentioned because it doesn't exist anymore. It changed. It changed. Yes, they changed. Uh, but uh, you, you you helped hundreds and hundreds of people. I've sold over 3,000 cars to my clients. What? Yeah, I've gotten over 3,000 cars to, to people that... Um, don't really want to deal with the whole sales process because like i said it was in my dna my dad was a salesman and then taught me all the inside outsides and then i was actually in the business for a while uh at a dealership and so i learned all the back end stuff where it's not just the price of the car it's the financing and all the uh what they call mop and glop uh that they can add to the car Mop uh, and glop krill you know they have the uh paint and fabric protectant and yeah. You know, uh, that kind of stuff. And some yeah. of that can be worth it, but it costs them about 60 bucks to put it on, and they charge you 595 yeah. $595 yeah. to mm-hmm. put it on. And it's a, just another source of uh, income. But, hey, if they'll put it on for 100 bucks, I don't have a problem with them making a few dollars. I just don't want them to make a killing. Yeah, and that's one thing people need to understand, too, that dealers in business – and they do need to make a profit, otherwise they sure. go out of business. So they're not going to sell you a car at a loss. You can tell everyone, yeah, well, I got, I know what the price of this car is. I know what the dealer paid. I'm going to buy it for what the dealer paid. Well, what the dealer paid and what you think he paid are two different things. But Absolutely. he still needs to make a profit. He's got to pay the salesman. He's got to pay the overhead on the building. And he is still a businessman. You don't go, Think about this for a second. Do you go into Walmart and tell them, yeah, I don't like the price of that soap. I want to buy it for a better price. What can you do for me? No. The car business is one of the only businesses <laughs> in the world that you do that. You go into a dealership, no matter what the price on the car is, you want it for less. So a lot of people will research, and they'll say that you can research the, the price the car is worth or the price the car is being sold for. Is that an accurate thing that you find, or can you go in and get the price below the price? That's a darn good question, Randy, because also it's about market value. What is the market value of a car? If you know you wanted a Viper when they first came out, they were like, hey, it's ten grand over window. And if you don't want it, there's 50 people behind you. So right. that was the market value of that car. Right. What you wanted to be able to do is get it below market value because I know dealers that were selling it for 5000 over window, save right. you five grand. So just because they didn't want to make a killing on one person. Um, invoice is the price that is supposedly that the dealers pay for the car. But oftentimes there's factor to dealer incentives. And I had a client mm-hmm. that said, hey, I don't think you can beat my deal. I've... 
getting a Jaguar and uh, they're going to sell it to me for 100 over invoice. And I said, well, let me see what I can do. And I found out what they had, what is known as trunk money. Mm-hmm. It was money from the factory, factory holdback. to the dealer. Yeah, we and call that holdback. It was $6,000. Yeah. Well, holdback is a whole other thing, too. Well, it's some, too, yeah. Correct. But this was actual trunk money, money that the oh. dealer was going to make if they sold XYZ amount of cars, and it was just a, like an add-on, too. So when I told them I could get the car, same car for him for $5,000, Below invoice rather than a hundred above. Yeah, whoa! He was ecstatic. So, yeah. um, it, it's about market value. Just like people say, well, the blue book on my trade-in says it's worth this, and I say, great, have blue book buy the car from you. Yeah, exactly. I, I can give you a prime example of that. You've I've done got the, lots. Yes, my '89 Corvette, beautiful car, fifty thousand miles on it, low mileage for a 1989 model car. If you go by not the blue book but the NADA guide. Not it's an $18,000 car. You cannot, you can buy five of them for that price at this point in time because of the value, the market value, the actual value of that car on the street. Correct. And see, so that way you're better off, especially like in assessing what your car is worth. People go to kbb.com, which is the Kelly mm-hmm. Blue Book. That's a good uh, guide, yeah. which is, it does say Kelly Blue Book guide. Um, but it is much better to go on Auto Trader, Craigslist, and see what they're selling for. Right. right. That, that's a truer uh, sure. value of what the vehicle is. The books, you know, sometimes they're way out of sight on what they've decided a vehicle value is. Sure. And sometimes they're under. Absolutely. They, they don't update daily, weekly, monthly. And one of the things Randy and I saw when we went to Barrett-Jackson is what the true values of cars are, because that's what people were paying. And sometimes the estimated value... That was so sad. Yeah, in the case of, in the first case... $27 million, and it goes well, for 27 cents. Well, I know where he's going. Yeah, yeah. We, we saw a car that... Beautiful condition car. One owner. All the documentation. Well, if you went by what the book guides on this thing was, the guy was going to go home and buy a Corvette when he left. He couldn't even buy dinner. There you go. Well, it was a really nice dinner. Yeah, it was a nice well, dinner. You know, as you know, there's a lot of yeah. also, I've, I've gone to auctions, and I go with professionals. Yeah. That's the other thing. People can think they, people think they can go to an auction that is the open auctions and yeah. get a good deal. Well, those open auctions for the public are not the same as dealer auctions. Right. Because uh, those are the, usually the dredge that the dealers don't want. And so uh, they go through the uh, public auction. Also, there's a lot of playing at an auction. I actually know a lot of inside information, mm-hmm. especially at the classic car um, auctions that go on. Uh, there's deals between the guy that's doing the humming, 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 and the guys that are on the floor yeah. uh, called uh, floormen. And um, they have signals back and forth. If there's no oh. bidding, you'll watch them go, Yes! And they'll hold up wait, 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 they'll hold up one finger and say, yes! And that's actually not a bid because he's got one finger up. It means no yeah. no one's bidding. But if he goes, yes, that's a bid. You know, ah. you know, and if he's going like this, that means that the guy that's bidding on the car is the owner of the car. Just trying to get the price up of the car. Uh, so you know, there's, you know, I would see, not imagine that. Yeah. We've I've heard of that before, and after covering, you know, covering, but talking to the auction guys, you know that sometimes mm-hmm. some guy is has his car out there, and he knows it's not getting what he wants, 
So some have said that they go out and they actually bid on their own cars. Right. They would rather pay whatever the fee is, get the car back, and have a better situation. In fact, that's what we were thinking. We were, okay, so there was another guy. <laughs> happens. This happened at Barrett Jackson, and we we had done some of that on uh, the podcast. And a guy had a beautiful 1978 Olds diesel. Okay. Keyword diesel. The keyword yeah. is diesel. Okay, so we asked him what he thought he might get for the car. He thought maybe twenty grand. He thought, okay, I'd love to get it because the car looks great. And blah, blah. he got two grand. And we're thinking it had to be his wife going, "Here's two thousand dollars. I want the car back. This isn't working the way we wanted it to go." <laughs> yeah. And and there's a chance that could happen then by your sure. definition. And there's also what is known as chandelier bidding, where they just start pointing at the ceiling. I got 15, I got 15, 16, 17, 17, and there's nobody bidding. <laughs> chandelier bidding. And that's what they're, they're pointing at the chandelier. It's only ugly when the chandelier then takes Ball. the car but, home. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Bruce, Bruce, you know why I know all about Bruce, this? There's more. Why? I've made mistakes, and I've also gotten pulled into those things and seen a guy bidding on the same car that I've been. There's one of the like cars right car, there. Like this car, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, That's my, my favorite car that yeah. uh, we've done. That's Nathan so, Joaquin real and myself. And um, <laughs> it was one of my favorite pictures that I put up on there. And, and you know what? It's very uh, green. It's an electric car. There you go. It's an... <laughs> Oy, really, Bob? <laughs> so you got to really... The key it is, and what I'm trying to say... Is that uh, you got to know your audience, you got to know what you're doing before you just step in to these auctions and think that you're going to beat the pros. You're not. You're not going to beat the pros at an auction, whether it's a classic car auction or uh, so you need to have take somebody with you. They that knows what they're doing. And you will do that for people. Absolutely. So that's something you can go. Go Ed Car Guy. And if you're going to an auction to buy a car, you want this guy on your side. And a lot of you, if you've watched the car shows, especially Wayne Carini, what does he show most of the time? He's going to auctions with clients right. to help them sell Correct. their vehicles. Well, he's also helping people buy vehicles, and that's what you do. You don't have to pay the price of a Wayne Carini. You can get it more reasonable. No. Yeah. Oh, there's Wayne. No. Oh, there he is right there. How and, about that? And by the way, he's one of the kindest men in the car business. That is yep. true. He's nice. He's that a nice is true. Guy. Very nice guy. And there's uh, what's his name? Good old what's his name? <laughs> yeah, Jay Leno. Yeah, he now he is a hardcore car guy. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh look at that! All the oh, way from the Las count. Vegas. The count. The count. John Force. Oh uh, yeah. We we've got. He's not about talking. John. No. no, there's no <laughs> microphone in front of him. Oh. Okay. Hey, wait. What? And who's that? Oh, hey. look at there. It's Bruce, and Bruce helps and actually volunteers. His car for the Echo Park Parade. Thank you, Bruce. We really appreciate that. The car is right outside the studio. Absolutely. It's a really cool car and gets just the amazing stares at people. Uh, (laughs) Love that car. Amazing headlights, too. All right. Again, if you'd like more information about buying a car, how to buy a car, when to buy the car, where to buy the car. And who to buy the car car with. And with Ed Car Guy. You're on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. I Instagram. do a lot of videos on it. So look up Ed and uh, last name Levitt. So you can look up Ed Car Guy Levitt. Check it out. He'll That's help you out. One of the things we want to talk about tonight we don't want to miss. Randy, you know, we tell you we're car guys. Randy has got his car being upgraded. Oh. 
and we wanted to show you some of the pictures of that Marlin well, at Marlowe's alignment go, is go turning to, this car into a snowmobile. A snowmobile. Try the Facebook. It's go, on go, Facebook. It's too. on the Facebook. We can check it out. I'm talking about cars. Um, no. no, go on uh, the Randy Cardoon Facebook. Oh, okay. We're, we're getting there's, the, there's a picture. Well, what happened was is I, I've been driving this car now. I've owned yeah. it since 2002. Mm-hmm. And you know how it, it has loose steering. It's an old it's car. It's an old car. Yeah. It's, you know, so after a while, it got to be like a clown car because you would be driving down the freeway, and then you'd go, okay, time to turn the wheel. Yeah. Well, time to turn. You it were, should be moving any time You now. almost got pulled starts. over for weaving in and out of the lane. Exactly. And you were going straight. And I was going straight. But it looked like I was getting, I was getting really big muscles in the arm. Yeah, <laughs> and I finally decided, you know, maybe it's time to do something about this uh, front end. So we went and got parts, and mm-hmm. uh, we basically I had uh, Marlin tear it all out. Yep. And uh, if you have it, it came up with this picture. Hopefully, see, if you have it. Yeah, well, see, I I got millions of pictures here, Randy. This your, is the red. This is, is the red full. one with the, the naked photo. <gasps> no, not that picture. <laughs> I already have parts for that. Um, the the uh, parts is parts. Here's, here's our take. Oh my god! You can you can go on my page too, Bruce. Uh, just scroll down. Actually, Marlon looks keep like Marlon's posting keep some go- pictures. While oh, we're these are about these it. are the pictures. These are all the pictures. Okay, go back up. Marlon's <laughs> posted some photos. Uh, keep going. It should keep be on going, your page. Keep going. Should be on my page. I think. Yeah, go back to his page. I think his look. His timeline. On his page. There you go. On my timeline. That, there it is. That. Oh. Okay, now notice anything missing, folks. Yeah, there's something seems to be a, 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 presto changeo. It disappeared. Oh. There's so, a hole in the car. There's a hole in all the parts hey, of the, the car. The steering doesn't have a problem anymore. Yeah, no, it's it doesn't steer at all. The skids are going to be installed, and we're going to go snow skiing. Now, here's the funny part about this. Yes. It funny. took us about mm, eight days, five days to get to that. Take it apart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Marlin, you know, I just got a message from Marlin. Yeah, it's it's ready to be picked up tomorrow. I, you know, what? <laughs> that's right. And I've got I've got the pictures. He's posted them on my yeah. page. Disc brakes. Look, at this thing is going to stop like a real car should. It's got the whole underside's been repainted, that's refinished, right. new springs, sway bar sway bar bushings, drag link, steering by. He took the old drum brakes off that you can go every which way but straight when you right. hit them, and turned it into a disc brake car. Now the car. For those of you who don't know what Randy drives, besides his 1964 Polara, he's yes. got this beautiful 1950 and rare 7 Pontiac Safari, which was the Pontiac version of the Nomad that everyone... Right. It's the about. rare version of the Nomad. Right. And it's basically they made in 1290, we thought oh. 92 of them until yeah. somebody showed, showed up, up with 1296 out of the clear blue. Yeah. So now we're wondering what happened to the 93, 94, and 95. But uh, yeah, so that's mine, by the way, I think is yeah. number 300 and something. But still, that you're, you just don't find those around. It took me three years of searching through the Pontiac uh, Safari, or should I say the Pontiac magazine, yeah. to find that one car. What do you yeah, know? Yeah, now if, so, you, if you go on my site, on Bob Beck, you'll see the pictures that Marlon has uh, done. Marlon Mitchell, he's got them posted. I'm sure he's got them posted on his site as well. But you can see the transformation from drum brakes in this crazy front suspension because unlike the nomad right the suspension the steering and the brakes are completely different they're not shared with the chevrolet and they're basically the old version of the Even older, front end. Yeah, yeah yeah we were looking that up because when i was over at your place we were measuring things and checking things out and looking at things because 
it's it, everyone thinks well Pontiac and Chevrolet shared things. Not in this case. The bodies are the bodies are very similar. But yep. when you take a look at some of the other components in there, it's not at all. I mean, no. you know, the uh, master cylinder reservoir right. is not in the firewall. No. It's underneath the steering wheel. Yeah, you, you've got to you got to have a magnifying glass and binoculars or whatever to see it, and it's you got to have a well lit area because it's that's under, pretty lit. It was under the steering column. Now the disc brake kit. This is beautiful. This is going to really stop this car, and you can see the new drag, the new uh, link ends. And the sway bar, the control arms have been refinished. The brakes look great. Ventilated disc brakes. That's going to cool. Nice. What, be, what uh, brand is that? What parts are those? Parts that's are parts. a really good question. I have ABS brakes. Uh, yeah, the, uh, well, that's not a... No, no, not ABS brakes, but ABS brand. disc brake brand. No. Yeah. That's not who we get them from. Oh, okay. That, no. Those are on my Mustang. Those are on your... Nice. Okay. Oh, okay. That that cost me. $1, well, there's $1, a lot of good places you <laughs> yeah. can get them, but with that kind of with, with that kind of body and that that kind of the way it's all put together, right? It, it's tough. There's Limited not a lot of who you can buy things from. Yeah, you just can't walk over to Wildwood. And no, you go, had you had to go Willwood and Willwood, go. Hey. Yeah. You had to go to uh, Cantor. Yeah, out of back east that uh, specializes in Packards and very rare cars, and yours qualified for that. But he had the pieces. Right. Absolutely. So. You know, you get all that together, and it's funny because when it showed up, yeah, it was from the Packard store. Yeah, and I thought, great, I have the Packard, Packard parts, parts in my Pontiac. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's how Cantor got started selling Packard parts uh-huh. because Packard was a one of the the top brands in the United States, a luxury car. Unfortunately, they merged with Studebaker, and that was their final nail in the coffin and their demise. The last uh, Packard made was actually a Studebaker with a fiberglass front end. Yeah, that was just weird. Yeah, it was weird. Fins yeah. and fiberglass. Why are you looked looking like at sh- me? I have a 55 Commander. has nothing to do with Packard. The Studebaker <laughs> was a good-looking car. If you see yes. the 1957 or 58 Packard, it looks like a catfish ready to bite okay, you. Okay, yes, okay. It's got that big, wide mouth, wide yeah, open. It's a guppy. The guppy, yeah. <laughs> uh, but And with the big Packard engine in it. And I was reading a book. The reason uh, the Packards became Studebakers in production was the Packard was too big to go down the Studebaker assembly line. Oh, my goodness. Ah, for Pete. So it, it was too wide. The Studebaker was quite a bit smaller, and the assembly, line, assembly lines were made for the Studebakers. When Packard and Studebaker merged, and there's a little question as to who merged with who, I've read that Packard was the one that kind of bought Studebaker. They were both in financial trouble. But the Packards were too big to go down the Studebaker assembly line. So they had to use the Studebaker bodies and rebrand them. And basically crazy glue all these extra Packard parts onto the Studebakers to make it look look really weird. Yeah, now they're showing one right now. This is not the guppy look. No. But this was another Studebaker body. They just kind of tagged pieces on. This was a 58. Look at at the, the dual headlights. The fender underneath those headlights is still the old fender's from the Studebaker. Mm-hmm. They actually put fiberglass pieces on the end of it and bolted that to a Studebaker fender to make it look like a, a different vehicle or Packard. Unfortunately, those were the, the waning days of Packard, 
and uh, they went away. But the Stita one Baker did a concept car called the Spectre. Can yes. you pull that up? Beautiful oh, car. Why yeah. didn't they develop that? They were out of money. And uh, that was yeah. such a cool. Can car. Can you imagine what their fate would have been if they showed up with that car? Talk about 1960 and 1957. You know they. they Plymouth made a living doing the 57 Plymouth and saying, hey, it's 1960 now. Right. Yeah. Until 1960s Plymouth, and then they said, hey, it's back to 1957. 1957. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, here's the, I think, the guppy. You That's the saying. guppy. There's yeah. the front end of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a Golden Hawk Studebaker. They put a scoop uh. on the hood, and they put this big, wide mouth grill on it and put the Packard engine up front, which you could back to the back bumper and pick the whole car up because that Packard engine was huge. Could you scroll down there to see the the, uh, the rear end of that other one? I don't know if you can. I don't know. Let's see, scroll. Sadly, there is. this is a full-screen display. Oh, okay. There's, there's oh. nothing else in this photo. Okay. But, yeah, uh, I mean, it, it was a, a nice-looking car for the time, but it wasn't what the public was going to buy. They didn't buy into it. Hmm. All right, this is gas, Man. the great American auto scene. <laughs> We have gone through another hour of <laughs> fun, and frivolity, and nitro. Thank you, gentlemen, for letting me join you guys. <laughs> yes, Ed, other thank you. TMPCMC members here. That's right. Thank, yeah, the whole a whole crew of TMPCC <laughs> members. Ken, I hope you're still watching. I did get the letters right. <laughs> I can't spell, but I got the letters right. Okay, let me get my plug in real quick. Okay. All right, talking about cars. New show uploads on Thursday uh, morning. Uh, it's going to involve playmates. Ah, yeah. And it's Whoa. going to... Uh, <laughs> you will have to visualize that, folks. Yeah, you're going to have to visualize it. It's an audio-only show. Yeah. <laughs> but but just imagine, if you will, uh, I'll be talking to um, Monique St. Pierre, who is um, the Playmate of the Year for 1979, and what happened to her Playmate car. Because remember, mm -hmm. Playmates of the Year received vehicles from yep. Playboy and at that point I think they still were able to keep those cars yeah. not just get a one year lease or anything and they were pink no by were, the time oh, 70, pink? no pink only was 1964 to 75 ah okay yeah and uh, so by 79 they decided to keep them real yeah they're and, not going to make a, a target out of them and we'll find out what happened to Monique's car also okay. Audra Lynn's going to join me from uh, let's see she was Playmate of the Month October 2003 she and and her um, significant other have not one but two challengers. Uh, they have she drives a Hellcat, he drives a Demon, and what they do with them on city streets in Florida. We won't tell you what city because they're looking for them right now. Exactly. They All don't right. want to stake them out. So when we talk about headlights, think of talking about cars. Radio.com, canx1070.com, and talkingaboutcars.net. And Playmates. Apple, <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> Oh, that's and uh, playmates. And don't forget the uh, encore edition of Gas <laughs> will be coming up right away after this one concludes, if we ever get to the end. And then it'll be on cottongas.com and on YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Thank Free you. Free American Auto Scene. You've got gas. I'm Bob Beck. Good night, everybody.